Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Week two in faith. Now, I want to start today uh, with a question, just to get you to kind of rhetorically think about this. You don't have to answer out loud, but just think about what you would say the question or the answer to this question is. What is the key to unlocking a growing relationship with God? If you had to just say it in one word, wouldn't it be this word, faith, right? Faith, that's it. Like, we're talking about this over the next several weeks because it is so critical to this relationship with God, our walk with God. As a matter of fact, we are calling this whole series Faithful. The idea is fueling your faith in a world that's on empty. Like, how do we begin to build and grow faith? Like, maybe you have thought about faith before, but like, have you thought about the, the actual details of it like what is it specifically that God uses to grow faith that's what we're going to talk about but before we dive into it, let me just say I understand that some of you here today or watching online might say well that's wonderful for some people like I know some people that have really wonderful faith maybe you're married to somebody your fa- your spouse you would say has more faith than you do <laughs> or somebody your kids have more faith or your parents have more faith but for you you might even say, well, it's not that I don't have any faith. Well, it's just that I just have struggled with faith. Maybe because of your line of, the, line of work or what you've been exposed to, your experiences, it's just made it harder for you. So let me just ask you to do a little thought experiment with me today. Imagine for just a moment that, that there is a God. He knows you. He knows your name. He loves you. And it's possible that you could have perfect confidence in this God that you can have perfect confidence in him even in good times and in terrible times. You can have the kind of confidence, the kind of faith or trust in God that says that even if you're not getting your prayers answered, you, you would be able to say, listen, my God, I know, can even leverage really bad times, really bad seasons of life. He can leverage them for good, and I am trusting him for that. Can you imagine having that kind of faith? How would that change your life? How would that change the way you live every single day and face everyday challenges? What level of peace would that bring to you? Now, let me just say to you, this is the kind of faith that Jesus said is not only available to you, but you could have. It's a part of being a part of his kingdom, is a part of being a citizen in his family and in his kingdom. And so this is what we're talking about over the next several weeks, these five essentials that God uses to grow our faith over and over. It doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been walking with God, how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible that you know. You may have advanced theological seminary degrees, wonderful. You never, ever, ever graduate beyond these five essentials that we see all throughout the pages of Scripture. If you ever hear somebody's faith story, their testimony, of what God has done in their life to grow their faith, you will hear these five things, or at least some of them will be represented in their story. Every time I've ever heard one, this is what's present. 
So let's talk about, last week we started with the five, we started with number one, providential relationships. And that is the people that God has put in your life that you didn't even know it at the time, but, and you might not even know it right now, but they have been praying for you for a long time. They have been encouraging you. They have been inviting you. Maybe you're here today because of a providential relationship, somebody who has invited you, somebody who has given you insight and wisdom at a time when you desperately needed it, somebody who was willing to confront you in love and you needed it. You didn't know it at the time. Like it was frustrating at the time, but you look back at it and you go, I'm so thankful that they confronted me when they did. I'm so glad they brought that up and they had the courage to talk to me about that. That's providential relation. The people that God has put in place that has used to guide you to him. Now, to this, this morning, we're gonna talk about number two in this list, and that is practical teaching and what Jesus had to say about this. We're gonna circle back to that in just a minute, but I wanna first just kind of like justify and help you to understand why is faith such a big deal? Why are we focusing on five things that can help grow your faith? Well, because faith um, is one of those critical components that, that God is going to use to uh, help us pass those sticking points spiritually. And think about this, even in, in uh, relationships, human relationships, you won't follow someone that you don't trust, will you? You don't follow someone, you, as a matter of fact, this is a huge issue in our world today. For many people, they're like, I don't even know who to trust. I don't know who to follow because I don't know who to trust. And it's a big deal. And when it comes to God, sometimes people feel the same way. I don't know if I can follow because I don't know if I can trust. And trust is just another way of saying faith. It's putting confidence in. And, and we, could put it, we could say it another way. Trust is a decision to give someone the benefit of the doubt. Because in every relationship, every marriage, every friendship, there's going to be times where you're like, I don't know what they're doing right now. I don't understand them right now. I don't understand where we are in our relationship right now. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. There are going to be times in your relationship with God where you're going to have to say, God, I'm trusting you even though I don't understand what you're doing right now. That, ladies and gentlemen, is faith. So let's talk about one of the critical components, elements that God uses to grow faith in us. We already kind of talked about it. When I say practical teaching, what I mean more explicitly is practical biblical teaching. Now, how does that happen for most people? For most people, when you hear their story, and I've heard hundreds and hundreds of these stories, uh, maybe thousands, a lot of stories of people's faith stories where they'll say, well, somebody invited me to a Bible study or somebody invited me to a church. And for the first time, I heard the Bible, which I felt like was so irrelevant, so antiquated, so outdated, so old-fashioned. It had zero to say to my life today. It was so irrelevant to my life today. And all of a sudden, it was like a light, bing, went on. And I was like, whoa, there is wisdom here for every part of my life. And you came away from there not just knowing more, you came away from there doing more. It was life-changing because it literally changed the way you lived your life. You went away and you applied what you had heard to your life. And that was what was so powerful. In other words, your faith, which you didn't even know really existed, what little you had, it 
met the road. It was where the rubber of the, the faith hit the road. And it was like, whoa, all of a sudden, this is starting to become alive and, and going to a whole other level for me. Now, what's really interesting is that we're going to take a look at where Jesus talked about this principle, where he taught it explicitly. And it was right at the end of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Right at the end of chapter 7, Jesus talks about this idea of application and putting faith into practice. And what's interesting here is that Jesus really shows us the difference between being a religious person and being a person who has a relationship with him, with Jesus, with God, right? Arguably, religious people were the ones who hung Jesus on the cross. So Jesus is trying to show us the second is a much better option for you. You're going to get so much more out of it, not just being religious, but having this whole other category of ap applying and having a living relationship with God. So here's what Jesus says, starting with verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7. He begins in beautiful Jesus fashion. He gives us a metaphor. He gives us an image uh, illustration to help anchor what he's talking about too. He says, therefore, everyone who, let's say these highlighted words together, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So you hear it, you do it, right? Is like a, what kind of man? A wise man who built his house on the, the rock. All right. So Jesus here is basically helping us to see, listen, I have told you a lot. Now I told you this is the end of the sermon. So he's given a lot of content before he gets here right? He, he covers just almost, if you go back and read 5, 6, and 7, you're like, I think he pretty much covered all of the human experience here. He, he hit on just about every major issue that people are going to have to grapple with and struggle with at some point. And he says, listen, if you really want to experience God and have him move in your life, it really comes down to not just what you know, but what you do, Right? Now, his audience in the first century, just like today in much of Christendom in the world today, might push back on this a little bit and say, well, um, Jesus, I came. I would have had like 100% attendance. I was here every time you preached. I listened to every sermon. I didn't just listen. Jesus, you've got to look at my notes. I took such good notes, man. I wrote everything down. I cataloged it. I have memorized a whole bunch of it. I mean, it's incredible. I have really just took some time with your content. But here's Jesus' point, and please don't miss this today. What will destroy your life isn't not knowing. It's not doing anything with it. And if I could be so blunt and so honest with you today, this is what is destroying many Christian people's lives today is that they know a lot and they do very little. They apply very little. Jesus is so blatant here. He's trying to help us to see what wisdom looks like. What wisdom looks like is always showed in its application, not just information. What are you doing? This is why when you hear someone's story of faith, you're going to hear people talk about someone who taught them how to apply God's word, maybe for the first time. And the lights came on. It was incredible. And that's when God started to come alive for them. 
I've heard this. This week I heard a testimony from a grown man who was sharing with me how God had radically changed his life and come alive for him. And it was when he understood how to apply God's word. And big tears rolled down his cheeks. And he was like, and now I can't get enough God. I want him. I had no idea, Will. I had no idea it could be like this. But it never changed until I began to apply the words of Jesus. And it's the same for you and I. I believe this stuff all my life. I hear people say it all the time, but I never applied it to my marriage. I never took this seriously and applied it to my finances. Begin to put God first in that. Begin to put God first in my family. Put God first in my work relationships. And when I began to do that, all of a sudden, I see God alive in my life. It really took it to another level. Here's another way to think about it. Now, this might be, seem a little funny, but the Bible is like nutrition. It only benefits you if you apply it, okay? And here's, like, think about this for just a minute. Is it possible, think hypothetically for just a minute, is it possible for someone to have a PhD in nutritional science and eat a box of Little Debbie's for lunch every day? Yes or no? Of course it is, and I bet there are people who shamefully wouldn't raise their hand in church but say, yeah, I do stuff like that all the time, right? I do that kind of stuff. Or people have medical science advanced degrees that don't take care of their bodies, right? It's, it's crazy. It does you no good to have all the information. Why? Because you have not, you have failed to apply it. You have not applied what you know. This is Jesus' point. And let's go back to our story. Verse 25, here's what Jesus says. He says, now, the scenario that you dread, the scenario that you wish would never come to you, the, the, the hardest, most difficult, dark valley of the shadow of death moment is going to visit your house at some point, right? And I, and I see some faces out here today that have been through that going through that right now. Jesus is saying, listen, I love you, but it is part of being in this world. But I'm giving you an anchor. I'm giving you what you need. I want to give you the secret ingredient so that you not just survive, you thrive through this. Here's what he says. The rain came down. Now, this is a metaphor, right? The storms of life. Rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it, let's say it together, what, what happened? It did not fall. It didn't fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the, on the rock. And the rock was a metaphor that represented taking the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. Daily application. Now, just to think about first century this is hard today, but if you built a house on bedrock, it is expensive, it is time-consuming, it is hard, 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 labor-intensive work to build a house on a solid rock foundation. It takes a lot more time. Jesus' point is like, I get all of that. It's hard, but guess what? It won't move on you. It will last forever. And that's what you want. That's what you want to be building your life on. That's what you want to be building your marriage on, your kids on, your future on. 
That's what you want. He's telling us. He's saying the reason that it didn't fall wasn't because of what they knew. I mean, these, these people might have been meteorologists. They, had, they knew everything about storms. They had all the information accessible that, that we have, uh, you know, known to, to humankind. But yet if they don't prepare, they will be utterly wiped out by the storm. He says it's not what they knew, it's what they did with the things that they, they knew. And that therein reveals wisdom. That's where we find wisdom. That wisdom, Jesus says in another place, will be known by her children, her progeny, what she produces. Wisdom, wise decisions will show that they are wise decisions because of the result that will come from those decisions. So when you choose to look for godly people to, uh, to, to get wise, godly advice from, look for the people who've been making decisions that have been producing wise results. <laughs> that just makes sense, right? Jesus is saying, yes, this is how it works, right? This is so powerful and so important that, uh, that we are willing to do that. This is what we here at Brazos Fellowship have a deep commitment to do in all of our areas, from our littlest children's areas at the point where they have developmentally enough ability to listen and to be taught something. We want to begin to teach them how to apply God's word, how to love their neighbor, how to know that God loves them and that they can talk to him about anything. We want to help them from the bed babies to the youth group, junior high, high school, our college area, all of our small groups, all of our teaching points everywhere. We want people to know that God loves them and that God has tangible ways he wants to interact with their life and to intersect with their life. This is so powerful. The only way for that to happen is for us to do what he says. In other words, obedience, where we take our faith and we put it into practice. Obedience is literally the intersection of our faith and God's faithfulness. This is where they come together. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where faith begins to grow maybe for you like it has never grown before. But you have to be willing to take the step, to step out your obedience to put into practice what Jesus said will grow your faith, period. You just have to be willing to put it into practice. Now in verse 26, Jesus is now going to juxtapose. He's going to give us a whole other point of view. These are also people that are sitting out in his, his audience, that are listening to all of his sermons. And here's what he says about them. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine, again, they both start off the same. They both are hearing, right? He says, but these people do something different. Right after they hear it, and right after the church is over, sermon is done, they go completely different paths. Here's what this person does. They hear these words of mine, and let's say it together, does not put them into practice, is like a, not wise, but foolish man who built his house on sand, Jesus shows us that you could be sitting in the same church service, go to the same Bible studies, go to the same exposure, hearing the same Bible being taught as somebody next to you. And here's what makes all the difference. It's not in the hearing. Everybody who attends churches hears. Everybody who goes to a Bible study hears. 
And they may even take lots and lots of notes, and they may even have lots and lots of homework. Let me show you, Pastor, like how much Bible study homework I, I do all the like hours and hours. That's wonderful. I've gone to all these conferences, Bible conferences. I read all these books. I've heard all the latest speakers. I've heard all this so cool. Oh, so much content. And I've earned PhDs and all that's wonderful. But Jesus is telling us you can have 100% attendance and know everything there is to know and be an absolute fool. That's what Jesus is saying. You could be an absolute fool. And this, unfortunately, is happening way too much. Where we are not taking what he said. We are coming. And that's wonderful. Church attendance by itself. And maybe you grew up in a tradition of church that where, man, having that check by your name, a little star, and you having a full grid of like perfect attendance, like God, I mean, we have to be in good standing because look how much I have come to church. Jesus says, eh, wrong. That's not how you get there. What are you doing with what you've been taught? Are you applying what you've been taught? And the proof will come out in the storm of life. Verse 27, Jesus says, the rain came down. The streams rose. This is starting to sound familiar, doesn't it? And the winds blew and beat against the house. It's the same storm. They live on the same street. It's the same storm. It's the same stuff. They're experiencing the same stuff. Jesus is saying, you're going to go through the storms. It's not if, it's when. Stop believing that just because you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, somehow you're exempt from the hard stuff of life. You're not. Because we tend to shake our fist at God and say, how could you, God? How could you let this happen to my life? How could you let this happen to my, my family? I loved you, God. Look at all the stuff I gave and I came and I wrote notes and I did all the." And Jesus would say, listen, instead of pointing at the storm, maybe you should lower your finger just a little bit to the foundation. That actually is what makes the difference. Not the storm. The storm, everybody's going through the storm. Stop looking at what they post on social media. They're going through a storm. They're making all the stuff look pretty and all cleaned up and nice, but it is hell on earth at their house probably right now. It's real hard, really difficult. And he's saying, because of the foundation, the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great, let's say it together, one, two, three, crash. Yes, it imploded, it fell in on itself because it was not built upon application. It was just information. And information, according to Jesus, all by itself makes no difference in your life until you apply it. You could articulate all about love, the, whole, the different types of love, the Greek word for love, every place where the Bible teaches about love, but until you go love that hard-to-love person, in your life, in your family, you don't really know what love's about. Until you have loved through the storms of life, now you're starting to grow in maturity. Now you're starting to really learn to trust God way outside your comfort zone. And essentially Jesus is saying, listen, if you're not applying my word to your life today, your home life, 
your relationships, your finances, every area of your life that is not built upon the rock of Jesus' word, of the word of God, is one storm away from a crash, a collapse, a catastrophe. Let this be the Sunday you say, not on my watch, I'm not doing that. I am gonna go put, I'm gonna start putting this in practice. I wanna take it seriously. I'm gonna stop saying, God, how could you let this happen to me? Because Jesus' response is, but did you apply? I gave you the wisdom, but did you go put it into practice? And, and what's so beautiful is the response of the people. Once Jesus taught this in verse 28 and 29, here was the response of all these people that were listening, many, many thousands of people. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were, let's say it together, they were amazed. Why were they amazed at his teaching? Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Their teachers of the law taught for information, not application. Jesus was saying, let me show you not only what it looks like to have faith in God, but also to challenge you to go out and live the life of someone who has faith. And as you do it, you will find your faith tank begins to get full. You will begin to grow in your faith like never before. It's powerful. Jesus comes along and says, not just what to believe, but what to do, how to apply it. Applying this, this kind of faith is, is an expression of faith to God. Is apl- application is always an expression of faith to God, and it will grow faith. In other words, application always makes our faith and our relationship with God come alive. I just want to say to you today, and maybe you have never thought about this, and maybe this is a new concept for you, but this is something I want to challenge you to do today, to make sure you are in a church. It doesn't have to be Brazos Fellowship. I am friends with many wonderful pastors all across this, you know, Brazos Valley that teach for application in God's Word. I would encourage you to be in one of those churches, and we have a a deep commitment here at Brazos Fellowship in every single area of this church to teach for application that we're constantly asking, are we teaching like Jesus taught? Jesus taught for application. We want to make sure these people leave here and they know how to apply, how to put it into practice. And one of the best illustrations I had heard in recent years, um, somebody talked about, so I'm borrowing this idea, but you know, like all good ideas, uh, they're worth repeating, just like a good song. You want to hear it more than once, right? So, Unapplied truth is like unapplied paint, okay? Its value is in its application. It's in its application. Now, imagine for just a moment that you told your spouse, hey, you know that room you've been wanting to have painted for a while? Well, you're gone this weekend. I'm going to take care of that for you. I'm gonna, yeah, just wait till you get back. And they get back from the trip, like, hey, remember that room? All right, go in there and check it out. And they go in there and they look and they see a couple of paint cans and some brushes laying in there. I'm like, well, did you, you, were you going to paint the room or just put the... Well, I got real close. I went and got that paint. I mean, that paint's probably as close to the wall as it can be. I put it like right there. It's just, whew, such a small step left to do for that paint to get on that wall. Wait a minute, so you didn't actually paint the wall? Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, but uh, 
you're welcome. You know, <laughs> it's there. Right? Like that would, nobody does that. That would not be a surprise. That would be like, you're, you're in the doghouse now. That's not good. Right? But you need, you and I need to be in a place, in a church, a place where somebody is going to crack open a can of paint of God's word. They're going to get out the paintbrush and they're going to say, okay, here you go. Now take this home and apply it. Go put it on the walls all over your house. Practice it with your kids. Show them. You're not going to get it right all the time. I don't get it right all the time. You know how many times I have to ask my daughters to forgive me because I blew it? A lot, okay? I don't want to get into that. This is not a sermon about that. But, but yeah, we got to just be on, own it. Be honest. It's, it's, it's so powerful, though. We've got to be in a place where you're challenged Please don't miss this. You've got to be willing to take it and put it into practice. Or your faith, according to Jesus, will never survive the storms of life. And you will be a cautionary tale. Don't do it like he did it. Don't live like her, sweetie. Learn from their mistakes. They knew a lot, did very little. Let's don't live like that. It may look good for a while. It looks great on social media. The posts are beautiful. But God and you know really what's going on on the inside. There's no application. Spiritual growth is not possible without application of his word. And I just don't want you to miss that. As a matter of fact, that's why you will see at the end of all of my sermons, there is an application prayer like this one. Oh, look at there. There's an application prayer right there. I want you to be able to pray into application. Like, we're going to go do this now. This isn't just cool information to know. You can wow people with what you know about the Bible. No! I hope you've gotten that by now. Jesus says that is worthless if you're not putting it into practice. It's simply saying, Jesus, I commit today to be where the word of God is taught with application so that I and my children and anybody attached to me can put it into practice. We're going to do this together. And God's going to help us. I want to build my house upon your rock. Now, for some of you, this is a new idea. Maybe you've never done this before or you've had faith and, and maybe you've gone through a tough time or you got exposed to something that kind of made you doubt, question, push back and like, I don't know if I can have faith. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. If you will ask God, God, would you meet me right where I am and help me to take a step towards you, to trust your word, to take a step towards you, begin to put it into application. It is so powerful what he will do to help you to do that. This is a prayer God loves to answer if you're serious. And right now, I'd like for you to seriously pray this with me right now. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the next essential God uses to grow your faith, and it's something that we, we do in private. It's something we don't let other people necessarily know about, but it's something that we do before God, and we're going to really get into it next week. Don't miss out on that, but as we finish out the service today, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me right now. If you would, let's bow together and spend these next couple of minutes really getting brutally honest with God about where you are spiritually right now, and where you have been hanging up in your faith, 
where you have been reluctant, unwilling to put into application. Maybe there's some stuff you know you need to be doing, but you're just not doing it. Would you just right now be willing to say, Jesus, I commit to you right now to begin to be in a place, whether it's Brad's Fellowship somewhere else, where I can be taught the application of your word and that I would go home, me, me and my spouse, me and my children, whoever else is attached to my life, and we're going to practice this together. We're going to put it into practice. We're going to follow you, Jesus, right now. This is a bold prayer. This is a scary prayer if you've never done this before, but it is an awesome prayer that will begin to help you to build your house upon the rock of Jesus. Right now, if you are ready to take the step with Jesus, would you just lift your hand right now? You'd be willing to say, I'm I'm asking the Lord to help me to begin to build my house on, on the rock, put it into application all across this room. Would you just tell him just quietly in your heart? You can whisper it. You can pray it right where you sit. Just say, Jesus, help me to begin to take your word and put it into application. Help me not to be fooled any longer by just having information, but to begin to do what you say to do what you say. You may put your hands down. And all across this room and those of you watching online, if you know that God is prompting your heart right now, there is an urge deep down in your soul that's like, I want God. And I feel like I have drifted from Him. I've made excuses why I can't trust Him. I have done everything that I could to try to do this life without God, without fully trusting and putting faith in Him. And I'm done with that. I want to do it with Him. And just know this is what you were created for. This is the thing for which God put you on this earth to walk with Him, to know Him, to obey His Word. Would you just right now just say, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive my sin. Come into my life and to be the Lord over all of me right now. 1 John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why don't you today just ask him, just experience this cleansing, this weight lifted off, Jesus, forgive me of everything I have ever done, every sin, every word, every thought that has come into my mind that is just ugly and sinful and twisted and and distorted. I, I ask, God, please forgive me. Help me to begin to apply your wisdom to my life. And I, I, I follow you as my Lord. Be my forgiver. Be my leader starting right now. If you just ask Jesus in this moment of prayer to be the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life, would you just boldly raise your hand right now? God bless you, sir. Right here on the front row, all three of you. Back over here. God bless you on the back row right over here. God bless you. Anybody else right over here? I see you. This family right here. God bless you. Up in the balcony. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody right over here? I see you. I see you. 
And more importantly, the Lord sees you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for those of you, for those who are confessing faith for the first time, coming into the kingdom. Praise God, you're putting his word into application. And may you share that with somebody today that will celebrate that with you. Go by our Welcome Center. We want to celebrate with you. Share with us. Let us know that you gave your life to Christ today. We praise you, Jesus, for your goodness, your mercy. And we trust you for the future. May you help us to be faithful people. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back next weekend as we continue faithful. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.